Everyday Dadding, the podcast that helps you think together through some of the tricky and exciting aspects of being a dad. My name's Robin, and um, uh, here is my co-host, Ben. Hey, good to be here again. Ben, have you got a dad joke for us today? Uh, God, I've been, doing, I've been doing my research. I've been digging hard. Um, uh, you know, Lance is uh, quite an uncommon name these days, um, but in medieval times, you know, people were called Lance a lot. <laughs> That, um, yeah. There we go. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure we can top that. Can we top that on this episode? <laughs> uh, hopefully so, because we are joined um, by uh, Sean McDowell, Professor Sean McDowell, I should say, or even Doctor, I think, if I get the uh, get it correct. Um, Sean, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, Ben and Robin, thanks for having me on. Uh, absolute pleasure. Um, what are you, t- tell us a bit about your family. Um, w- what's your favourite part of, about being a dad? Oh, that's a great question. I've got three kids right now. I've got a kid in high school, junior high, and elementary school. Boy, girl, boy. So I think my favorite part is just the unexpected nature of what every day looks like at this stage of my life. I love doing life with my kids. I love going to their sporting events. I love spending time with them. I love sharing meals with my kids. I mean, just being a dad is is awesome. It's, It's my favorite thing to do to be honest with you although it's hard i love it brilliant and when you're not being a dad sean tell us what what do you do what do you fill your time with yeah so i teach at biola university full-time so i'm a professor in the apologetics program but i also teach high school part-time and i get to write and speak as well do a lot of stuff on social media so that fills up my day but usually after i have breakfast with my son in the morning send my kids to school and then pick my kids up after school my day gets kind of crunched in the middle without as much time as i would like hence just the nature of being a dad and um you've recently published a book um chasing love sex love and relationships in a confused culture uh, and it's aimed at teenagers right and uh, attempts to make the case that the biblical sexual ethic the way god designed sex and relationships uh, is the best and most beautiful way to live what, what motivated you to write the book why do you think this is an important book for now yeah probably my primary motivation was scotty shauna and shane which are my three kids I've just seen the messages that they're getting nonstop through Netflix, through social media, through the educational system, at least where I live, and starting to realize, man, this conversation has changed so fast. And I think my own kids need to learn, and the other kids I teach and I speak to, how to contrast the secular view of sexuality that we're just hearing nonstop with a biblical view. So it really was just the, my own kids and the kids I work with that motivated me because I couldn't find any resource that I felt did this well, kind of with a gracious posture towards engaging people who see the world differently, but with faithfulness to what scripture says in a way that's positive. So that's why I wrote it. Yeah, and that certainly comes across in the book. The, the I think often Christians can be accused of being judgmental, um, and looking down at people with different views, and, and that doesn't come across at all. I think that it's, it is a very gracious um, tone that you strike, I think, and encouraging Christians as well to um, 
to live that way rather than to be pointing out everyone's sin kind of thing. I think that, that's a you certainly achieve that. Um, I, perhaps one of the tricky aspects of our culture, I think, right now to navigate as Christians today is it sort of surrounds the LGBTQ agenda. Um, uh, and so what we're really interested in um, is how do you, as a dad, not, not as a professor or speaker or uh, apologist, but, but as a dad, how do you help your own kids understand the world around them when the messages they hear are so counter biblical truth? The, you know, the guys listening to us, just regular Christian dads who are, who are, who just feel out of their depth. How, how do you even begin sure. to address this stuff? Well, the one thing I do is I just try to have regular conversations with my kids about all sorts of issues of sexuality. And because of the nature of the culture that we live in, issues of LGBTQ come up somewhat frequently. So not too long ago, it came out that in the comic book line, the Avengers Marvel character, Captain America, is gay, or at least the shield is carried by somebody, a teenager who's gay. Well, that was in the news. People are talking about it. So over the dinner table, I just talked to my kids. I said, hey, what do you think? Why do you think Marvel did this? As Christians, how do we respond? And just got them talking and thinking about it. I'm looking for other stories that came up. A big story not too long ago, the story with Lil Nas and these Satan shoes that he made. Well, Lil Nas, this musician, is also gay, and this comes through in the video. Now, of course, I'm careful what I want to expose my kids to. My youngest son is eight, but I look at that, and amongst other thoughts, I go, you know what? Here's an opportunity to just see what my kids think. And through conversation, just model for them, how do we talk about what scripture says? How do we speak lovingly about other people? And how do we make sense of this cultural moment that we live in? So I don't think, parents don't have to have it all figured out. In some ways, they just need to be willing to start this conversation with their kids, and that will make a big difference. That's step one. I think I think that's really helpful, isn't it? Because often when it comes to some of these big questions parents are just scared to even open the even you know scared to crack the nut because they're not sure what they might find or uh, or, or they what their kids might be be saying or but actually just beginning to open the question and one of the things i loved about uh, about the book is is that emphasis on listening uh, listening to both to people who are you know, wrestling with same-sex attraction and gender identity uh, and really listening to what, what they're saying. Uh, I really appreciated that about it. So would you, how would you deal with that conversation at the dinner table when, when you've got, when you've got a, a, an eight-year-old and, and an older one? Uh, is there anything that you wouldn't discuss or would you take it, take it later uh, with, with, with some of them? So uh, here's my principle. This is all I can do is I want to talk about issues in a way that are understandable and age appropriate for a kid who's eight. Now, exactly how you do that, of course, is the trick. But I was driving a car just a couple weeks ago, and my daughter said something about a conversation she was having in class. She's 13 about abortion. My eight-year-old goes, well, what's abortion? So instantly I'm thinking, how do I explain this in a way to a kid who's eight that's honest but not more information or details than he needs. So on the spot, I said, well, an abortion is sometimes women get pregnant and for different reasons, they decide they don't wanna keep the baby. 
why would a mother decide this? I said, well, here's a bunch of different reasons why. And then I quickly said, you know, we got to have compassion on moms who find themselves in difficult circumstances, but also keep in mind, this is an unborn human being. This is a person made in God's image. And then my son's attention was on to something else. So it was an opportunity that came up. I'm just trying to think, how do I not give them too much, but give them an honest answer? I also don't want to freak out. Like when mom and dad were, were nervous and like it makes kids nervous around us and they're not going to want to open up and have these conversations with us. So just take a deep breath, do your best. If you don't have an answer, just ask a question back. If you're stuck and like, gosh, how do I explain this to eight-year-old? Say, well, what do you think it is? What have you heard about this? Have a conversation that gives you a little time to think of something to say back. That's really helpful. Yeah, that really is. I guess I'm picking up as well that maybe we need, we need to take a step back here in that um, if your kid's in, in elementary school and junior high and high school, if they're asking you these kind of questions, um, what did you do in the early years to kind of get them to a point where they're happy to ask those kind of questions? I think um, often we are, you know, as parents, desperately, you know, how was school today? Huh? What did you do? Nothing. Yeah. How can we kind of cultivate that family life so that those conversations are a more natural part, do you think? So a few things. The first thing I do is when I tuck my kids in at night from when they're younger, I say to them something like, you know what? You can ask your dad anything. You can ask me anything. And typically they say, I know dad, but occasionally they'll ask me something. If I don't know the answer, I'm not going to make something up. I'll tell them what I think. Sometimes we'll pull out scripture. Like I just want them to know and I repeat it. You can ask me anything because studies consistently reveal that kids don't leave the faith because of doubt. They'll oftentimes leave the faith because of unexpressed doubt. So rather than primarily going to Google or YouTube or some other social media app, I want them to just feel safe that they can ask their dad anything. So it starts there. And then I also just when they're younger, I start asking them questions at the dinner table. And, you know, sometimes it's just like, hey, kids, I'm really curious. Everybody's talking about this. What do you guys think? And we talk about it. Now, we spend a lot of time talking in our family about sports and about comic books and about other stuff. That just gives you the relational capital to build trust and build, you know, that connection so you can have those other meaningful conversations but I'm always asking questions like, hey, this is a number one song. What do you guys think about it? Did you hear what happened at the Grammys? What do you think about this? And just invite conversation. It's not like every time I ask them, it's this deep, meaningful conversation. It's not that it works out that way. I was sharing at the dinner table, maybe a couple of years ago, I was giving this insight and my son goes, he goes, good speech, dad. Thanks. And I was like, <laughs> he's just giving me a hard time. And I'm like, okay, you know, I love you and how important this is. It's like a courtesy laugh at a dad joke. I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep going because this is important. I think that's really helpful. I think, I think going back to the, to the kind of example of the abortion, we, we as parents, we'll, we'll so quickly give the answer when we um, will say, well, it's wrong, you know, which just shuts the conversation down yes. rather than opening, opening up the discussion. I know I'm guilty of that and, and, and that can be a really hard thing to do. And yet if we can create the discussion, we can, as you say, it helped them to express that doubt and talk to us, perhaps when they when they need to most. So I guess one of the times where they might need to talk to us most is perhaps when they're wrestling with their 
um, their, the, you know, same-sex attraction, perhaps, or um, or their gender identity. How would you? What advice might you give to a parent whose son or daughter uh, comes out as as gay, for example, or, or or expresses that to their parents? Well, it starts before that happens in a couple ways. Number one, be very careful how you speak about gay people. I had a young person, a young man come out to me. And of course my next advice was, we gotta go talk to your parents. And he was afraid. He says, I know my parents love me, but I've heard some kind of just homophobic things about gay people. And I'm afraid they're gonna see me through that lens. So what they had said, at least in his eyes for years, made him afraid to share with them. So it's one thing to talk about what the Bible says about homosexuality and marriage, but it's another thing to talk about gay people in a way that's loving and reflects that they're made in the image of God. So I've done this in front of my kids many times. If I hear somebody say something that's negative or even what someone might think an innocent joke against a gay person, I'll stop and I'll say, you know what? I've got friends who wrestle with same-sex attraction. Let's not speak about them this way because it sends a message to them that they're not going to be loved and they're different. So I, whenever I hear that kind of thing, I'll stop it with my kids. And the other thing is just, you know, we take our, I've taken our kids, our high school students on places to like Berkeley, California, where we'll bring in some atheists to speak to our group. And we've also brought in some homosexual activists to speak to our group. And I want my son to just meet people who see the world differently, learn how to ask questions. This isn't us versus them. This is a human being. We see the world differently, but we can learn from them. We can love them. So that's another thing that I do with my kids relationally. So sometimes it's easy to talk about another group when you don't know them and there's no relationship, but when you know them, it helps humanize it. And I think makes us more easily love and care for people, even if they just see the world very differently than we do. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really helpful, and I guess, and I guess ties into, um, I guess my next question, which was going to be, how, how do we help our kids, uh, to be both compassionate, and loving, but also stand for the truth? Because, you know, I know that, that that's something that you're very passionate about as well. Is actually there is a, there is biblical truth that we need to stand firm in. We we mustn't kind of cede ground anywhere. How how do you kind of keep those twin things which feel like they might be opposite? Yeah, that's hard. I, I think my my best suggestion is to try to model this for our kids so they see us do it well. And that can be the relationships that we have. That can be the conversations that we have with our kids. They need to see us speak about people of different faiths, of different worldviews that we, hey, we can disagree with them and think they're wrong but we're not going to mock them. We're not going to speak down on them. We're going to love them. They're human beings made in the image of God. So rather than just saying, how do I teach my kids this? I think the first question is, how do I actually do this? <laughs> how do I actually speak truth in a way that's loving? And if we ask that question first, then I think it'll naturally come for us to talk to our kids because that's who we're trying to be. So I'm not trying to just speak truth lovingly so I can get my kids to do it. I'm trying to do that because that's what Jesus modeled. That's what Paul taught. That's what we're supposed to do as followers of Jesus. And then my conversations with my kids reflect what I'm trying to do in my life and relationships. 
Well, we're he heading towards um, end of time, but before we wrap up, sort of, apart from your excellent new book, um, what what other resources can you point people towards if they want to uh, read up more or, or, or learn more about some of these issues as their kids are growing up so they can address them and, and help them with those things? Yeah, let me suggest two ways, since you, you asked me to come on and talk about the book that may be helpful. Um, to dads that are watching this. When I was writing the manuscript before it was done, I took my almost 13-year-old daughter at the time. I said, if you read this, tell me what you think and go with your dad to coffee for an hour and just talk about it. I'll buy you a pair of new shoes. She goes, dad, there's an outlet down the street. I could get two for the price of one. Is that okay? I was like, fine. She's a little entrepreneur, a little capitalist. So she read it. We went for coffee. And for an hour, hour and a half, I just asked my daughter questions. Hey, what'd you learn? What was your favorite story? What, what, like we just talked about it, my 13-year-old daughter and I over coffee, or I guess you guys could get tea, but relationally, we just had conversation about this stuff. It was a way to do it. Another way is I've had some dads and parents email me and are like, hey, these are short chapters. We've just been reading them with our kids and talking with them about it. So I know there's a lot of dads, like you said earlier, who feel like, I don't know what to say. I don't know where to start. You don't have to have all the answers. You just, 90% is being willing to have this conversation, prioritizing it and beginning it with your kids. That's, you know, that's a triple, so to speak. That's a slam dunk, just doing that. So outside of that, uh, my, my website is seanmcdowell.org. And that links, I'm on a ton of social media, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, actually, interestingly enough. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, I have a blog at seanmcdowell.org. And my whole philosophy is I just want to bring value to people. I don't want to waste people's time. I want to give them thoughts, resources, short videos that equip them in many ways to be better dads, but even the bigger picture is to just help know and defend and live out the Christian worldview. That's brilliant. Thank you so much, Sean, for joining us today. And um, uh, do check out his book, Chasing Love, Sex, Love and Relationships in a Confused Culture. It is very good, uh, very helpful stuff. Um, so uh, thanks so much, everybody, for listening today. Do get in touch with us at everydaydadding at gmail.com or uh, visit our website at everydaydadding.com. Uh, but for now, goodbye. Bye. Bye.